3: Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, Brand Manager at DK
2: Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DK Witness.
3: And welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. So this week we are going to Amsterdam.
2: We are, yes, which is yeah. exciting because I went to Amsterdam about a month before we all went into lockdown.
0: so I thought
3: you it's one did. Last, I, yeah. I, I was trying to remember. I was sure that you've been to Amsterdam at some point recently. Um, that's right. So obviously, for listeners- that's as recent as it gets in some
0: ways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty
2: much. So for listeners, when we were in the office, James and I used to sit next to each other. So James said all about my, my adventures. Yep. And yes, I went to Amsterdam literally a month before. So it's sort of, it's still quite fresh in my memory, really. And... um. Uh I'm just yeah I'm looking forward to kind of revisiting it virtually now.
3: So that was like January February 2020. It was
2: it was it was mid February 2020. Um and it was sort of for my it was kind of for my birthday with a couple of friends I'd never been before but one of them who I went with just loves Amsterdam. Um mm. and so it was because it was it was February and they I think they were having serious flooding. It rained a lot and it was just yeah really kind of wet and cold and blustery but Wonderfully snug. I just sat in so many. Bre- they have like brown pubs, which are sort of these old wooden pubs, brown bars, I think they're called. Mm. With you know, sort of they they. That's where they serve Geneva, which is kind of this evil gin-like liqueur. Um evil. and yeah, it's oh, it's so strong. It's so <laughs> incredible, and they serve it in in like tulip little tulip glasses. Cool. So we'd sort of be nursing those um, and um, hot toddies. Um, in these sort of gorgeous brown bars um, and just wandering around the canals and amazing brunches. I remember having incredible brunches in Amsterdam. It was such a lovely getaway, which, yeah, feels sort of weirdly fresh in my memory and also like a lifetime ago.
3: <laughs> yeah, as as time goes at the minute. Well, yeah, because I'm quite fascinated in... Um, uh, there's. I think a real change in kind of perspective of Amsterdam, the older you get, obviously kind of when you're a bit younger, people talk about it as a kind of party town as somewhere yes. to go for stag dues and yes, uh, and things exactly, like the that district, yeah, especially like people from the u k whereas um I kind of find that lots of people similar to yourself, Lucy, who I know who've gone recently have talked about the more chilled outside of Amsterdam, the, um, yeah. you know, the sophistication, the food. The, um, that's
2: it. And the people are just so cool. They're kind of like, you know, the, the, in my mind, the Dutch people be like Scandinavians. Like they just kind of got mm, the way of life mm. down and they're just cool without trying to be cool. Also, something important to mention is you can get there on the Eurostar from London. So that's yes, what you we can. did. Yep. So you don't have to fly. So doing a bit for the carbon footprint um we should all be i think more amsterdam although obviously we're about to hear more about it so yes who we got discussing amsterdam then james
3: so we are joined we're delighted to be joined by sarah chitreet to discuss all things amsterdam with us so sarah is a digital content creator and travel and lifestyle blogger originally from the states who's now based in amsterdam and wonderless after foodie finds and instagram spots from dusk till dawn so without further ado welcome sarah
4: oh hi everyone
3: Uh, Welcome to Where To Go. It's brilliant to have you join us today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Lovely, lovely to meet you, Sarah. So first, we'll talk to Sarah about the city of Amsterdam more generally, before moving on to hearing about the best things to do when planning a trip, and then ending the episode by hearing what the city is like at the moment and what the future looks like too. So Sarah, tell us, what was it that first drew you to live in Amsterdam? Okay,
4: so the short story is that um, I asked my husband to ask his work to move us because I always want to live in Europe. But if we have time for the long story, uh, when I was 17, I went to France for the first time with my friend, we went for three weeks, and I really fell in love. At that point, I had been studying French for about six years. So I knew in my future, I want to live in Europe one day, or I want to Mm -hmm. travel more. Mm -hmm. I went to college. Um, Both my parents actually died when I was younger. So I went to college, I was working through school. I saw all my friends um, studying abroad, and I couldn't Mm -hmm. afford that. I was working through school, paying for everything. And I told myself at that point, I'm gonna live abroad, it's okay. Um, Just keep working towards your goal. And so anytime I was picking a major, anytime I was interviewing, I was always exploring options on how I'd be able to move abroad with that company or with that major. Mm -hmm. And then after school, I interviewed with one of the big four. It's one of the big four accounting firms in the U.S. or I think Mm -hmm. in the world. And at that point, I knew that you could move around. They have 140 offices all over the world. So at that point, I knew that I was going to be able to move abroad with them But unfortunately, I have been working so much my whole entire life. By the time that I started work with them, they really, really work you. There's a really intense Mm -hmm. work culture there. Um, Mm. I got fibromyalgia. I think it was triggered by work, but through a lifetime of stresses. And so I actually had to quit there. And that was going to be my ticket to living abroad. So I had to quit. But shortly after I got engaged, and so my new ticket to living abroad was my (laughs) husband. Uh, So I asked my husband to ask his work to move us. And of course, like forever, I was dreaming of living in France. I had studied it for like seven or eight years at that time. Um, But one of his partners had worked in Amsterdam or someone he knew was in Amsterdam and they called him to talk about it. And we had no idea that uh, Amsterdam was a place that we would have potentially lived. We were thinking Mm -hmm. Australia or even London because they're English speaking places. We're only supposed to move for a year or two. And learning French for my husband for work just for a year or two was just not reasonable. Um, But that person told us that people speak English in Amsterdam for business. And we had never been, but we're like, Hey, it's in Europe. Let's go try it. And I had went to school in Orlando, Florida. I had culture shock when I moved there. Um, (laughs) And I figured, Hey, I can live in Orlando for four years. I can live anywhere in Europe for a year or two, but we really loved it. And we ended up staying longer.
3: So how long have you been in Amsterdam now?
4: It's been six years.
3: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So you and have you kind of fell in love with the city? Are you happy with the, the sort of coincidence that brought you there?
4: Yeah, yeah. I really love it. I think the reason why I love it is just because it's good for my lifestyle. Um, I have both fibromyalgia and Crohn's disease. So every day mm-hmm. I really need to work around my health instead of... Um, no, I need my work to work... Yeah, I need, I need to work around my health instead of fitting in health around my job. Yeah, and sure. this is definitely a more relaxed place to do that where I'm from New York City and there yes. it's like, no, if okay. I'm sick or not, I have to work. I can't take off time.
3: Yeah, yeah. and Amsterdam kind of affords you that time. And it, yeah. is, there, is there kind of a little bit of a different attitude to work in Amsterdam?
4: Oh, for sure. Um, people, I, I kind of, I guess this is a great example is when you go into a restaurant Um, There will be empty tables, but Mm. they have people make reservations. So if there's an empty table and the person's not coming for another hour, like technically they could fit um, another table in there and make more money. But they really, they're like, oh, we have reservations. And they'll keep the restaurant pretty empty. Whereas in New York, restaurants are constantly full. They're constantly turning out all the tables. And just in Mm -hmm. those two scenes, you can see a difference that, in New York, people want to really make more money make another dollar. And in the Netherlands, I feel like, or at least in Amsterdam, I'm not sure what the rest of the country is like, um, people like to spend time with their family and their friends and they don't always need to make more money. I know that my husband's friends and co-workers have even turned down jobs if they're going to get promoted or they're going to make more money, but they're like, hey, I like my life right now, so why do I need to mm-hmm. do that? So it's a, it's definitely a different mentality.
3: That's, that's quite mm. a cool philosophy to have, really, in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, looking at what what kind of works for you, really. And um, uh, what kind of area of uh, Amsterdam do you live in?
4: I live in Oud West, which is Old West. It's right outside Sydney Centre. Um, if you see probably online, most people see pictures of Jordaan, which is that really beautiful neighbourhood with the canals yeah. and the trees everywhere. It's right outside of that. So it's uh, Close to it, but still far enough to have a little bit of a distance from tourists.
2: So you touched upon that sort of that local mentality, Mm -hmm. that Dutch mentality of kind of the importance of people over money. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things that you love about living in Amsterdam? What's kept you there?
4: Um... So, my husband loves, I used to also love this, but my husband really loves techno and music festivals. And mm-hmm. I also used to be a huge music festival and concert fan, but now with my health, I can't really go as often. Yeah. So, for him and for me in the beginning, there was a really big draw. And what's great here is that um, Amsterdam is quite small overall, like especially compared to New York City. So, you can just bike to the club and you can be there in under 10 minutes. And Mm. most places in Amsterdam, you can get there within 15 minutes biking, which is so different from New York and London as well. Mm. Um, You have to, if you want to go to another neighborhood, you might be (laughs) underground for 45 minutes. And it's like, it's a whole ordeal to go out. And here, it's just so easy. You get to bike everywhere. Um, So that's really fun. The music scene is great here. Music festivals are just so well put together. I think it's like a... It really, I can see things really trickling down from the government, like transportation runs well here, public bathrooms are clean, and then you go to music festivals and it's the same thing, like the flow of traffic works Mm. well, Um, the bathrooms are always clean, there's always water for everyone, and that's not the case in how it is in America.
3: I don't think I've ever mm. been to a music festival where the water's clean and the bathrooms (laughs) are
1: clean. Yeah, (laughs) so it's
4: super fun to party here. Even my friends who don't like to party in the U.S., They come here and they'll go to a club or they go to a music festival and they love it.
3: And how about sort of beyond music? Um, uh, Mm -hmm. Is there there a really nice sort of social scene in Amsterdam? Have you kind Mm -hmm. of made a lot of friends there and and so on?
4: Yeah, so it's been a little bit more difficult for me because I work from Mm -hmm. home. um, But I have found a few good friends and I feel like for me personally, that's all I need. I spend a lot of time on my health and also my blog and business. So for me, I just need a few good friends. Um, and it's a really nice environment to hang out with them. I feel like there's more options on what to do. Like in in New York, it was always about like going out to brunch, going out to a show. And it was a lot of consumption. Whereas if I want to hang out with friends here, it's more relaxed um, sometimes after work, cause in the summertime, the sun doesn't set till like 10 PM after work, everyone would just say, Hey, I'm going to drop a pin on WhatsApp. Let's meet at the park, bring food. And then we would just hang out for a few hours after work Lovely. and it's quite nice. And then for me also, because of my health, a lot, I'm sorry, a lot <laughs> of things are revolved around my health, which is why we've moved here. Um, I'm not drinking as much anymore, but if you go out to the bars, They all serve, some of them have fresh mint tea. So you can go out, your friends will drink beer Mm -hmm. and I can just grab a tea. And it's just all, it's just more, more cosy to hang out with. And there doesn't feel like a pressure where everything needs to be so um, intense or there's not as much consumption.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's more laid Mm -hmm. back. And yeah, cosy, you said the word (laughs) cosy. I think of Amsterdam being cosy. It's just, I've only ever been in February and I think it was quite dark and blustery. Mm -hmm. And I just remember sort of peering in all those canal houses and everyone had like fairy lights up and just, I guess to use the word, the Danish word hygge, it just had that lovely, like cosy feel about it. Yeah,
4: the Dutch have their own similar word as well. It's (laughs) geselech.
2: Geselech.
4: Yeah, so it could mean, um, I think it can describe multiple things like the environment in a restaurant or the relationship that you have with a friend. And I really feel that in a lot of places, you know, you can be in a public place that you've never been to before, but you could still get that um,
2: feeling. Yeah, that feeling. Mm. Mm, Lovely. Lovely.
3: But yeah, and I think uh, one thing I've kind of heard from people who've gone to Amsterdam and stuff is how friendly and welcoming the city is as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that certainly kind of lends itself into kind of your experiences too, by the sounds of it.
4: Yeah, I will have to say after living here for six years – it's different because I'm um, I'm Korean American, and there's not so many East Asian people here. So mm. my experience as um, an expat here or immigrant is a little bit different than my husband's. Um, he's actually half Moroccan, so he's not like the most um, white person-looking person. Mm. But a lot of people think he's Southern European. Actually, they think he's from Portugal or Spain. The way we get treated mm. on the streets is a little differently. So. Um, it is. It's. It's. It's taken me some getting used to because it's not as diverse as New York. I mean, it's. It's very diverse here. There's actually a lot of nationalities that live here. I think the last time I Amsterdam did this campaign, they showed that 140 nationalities were living here. So for me, it's just been getting used to. You know, I. Th- I just don't think there's any place like New York. So yeah. it's. <laughs>
2: sure.
4: It's just yes. been yeah. getting used to, and um, understanding. That it is diverse here, it's just diverse in a different way. But overall, it's, I mean, overall, it's a great place to live.
3: Sarah, imagine some of your uh, old friends from New York City or Orlando Mm -hmm. or uh, from across the world really are like um, coming to visit uh, in Amsterdam. What's the first thing on your itinerary?
4: Okay, usually the first thing here, my friends are really tired from traveling. So there is a small market nearby me, an outdoor market. It's called Tenkatemarkt, but in English, Ten Kate Market. Um, and we'll just go there and have some snacks. Like most of the food there is five euros and under, which I think is rare for Amsterdam because a lot of places are more expensive here. It's a more expensive yeah. city relatively. Um, so we'll go there. There's different a bunch of different stands like... With this falafel hummus sandwich at the end, it's really good. This great bakery pastrami sandwich, and then we also get Dutch fries. And it's right next to it's called the Food Halla, which is more of a touristy place. But I definitely bring all my friends there. It's a big food court, and we mm-hmm. go in there. And there's a stand that sells bitterballen, which is a Ooh, yes. yeah Dutch food. So that's a great yes. intro to Dutch food right there. And they're the way that I describe them is they're kind of like round uh, round croquettes. So it's just like yeah. a, a thick meat stew, deep fried, and they're really great to have with beer. So that's the first thing.
2: Yeah. But I, Sarah, I, I think I fell victim to a thing <laughs> that many people do. It's just they, they eat them when they're too hot. Yeah. So then I bit into mm-hmm. it and then burnt the roof of my mouth horribly. Oh, no. so- an expert, a local would have be been like, whoa, wait, mm-hmm. blow on that or just let it cool down a bit first. But I burnt the roof of my mouth. First thing I did when I got to Amsterdam was burn the roof of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what do you do then next, Sarah? I interrupted.
4: Yeah. So um, I would say Amsterdam is a very chill city. I think a lot of people come to Amsterdam on their way onto moving onto Paris, London, it's very relaxed, so one thing I tell people to do, or we all do together, is just walk around dawn. It's that uh, canal ring, and it's just so beautiful, mm-hmm. the houses. It almost looks like a scene out of Peter Pan, the Disney movie, like when the little was from the beginning, that's mm-hmm. how I, I picture it. I can see that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, or maybe that was set in London, but that's what it feels like. So I usually just recommend to spend an afternoon walking around Yordane. Uh, There's a great apple pie there. Dutch apple pie is so delicious. Um, So there's a great apple pie place there. There's a Dutch pancake place there. Um, The Mm -hmm. Anne Frank house is there and this beautiful church, Westerkirk. And we kind of just walk around and take it in. And I also tell people don't miss out on it at nighttime. For some reason, a lot of tourists like to go during the day. uh, But I think at nighttime, it's much more magical with all the street lamps on and people's yeah. uh, windows open, I think you were saying, <laughs> as you saw in. Yeah. People don't have blinds yes. here, so you can look right in. And it just <laughs> yeah. all looks really Quite cozy.
2: Nosy. <laughs> nosy or cozy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's my memory is exactly as you're saying. It just sort of like kind of being at twilight and it being mm-hmm. darker and all of those just gorgeous lights and just basically people nosing into people's houses and then having their friends over or cooking dinner or watching TV mm-hmm. and just me wanting to basically join everyone because everywhere looks so snug. Yeah. And then how about, Sarah, sort of, are there any kind of hidden gems that you'd sort of take your friends to or you'll let listeners in on mm-hmm.
4: um, yeah. secret
2: spots? So it's not so secret, but in
4: the summertime, the Adam Tower, Adam Torren, it's the tower. It's the tallest building in Amsterdam, which is 20 stories high. During the daytime, it costs 14 euros to go up there. But at nighttime, the Madame Sky Bar opens at 9.30 p.m., And it's free. Mm -hmm. So I mean, besides the drink, it's free. There's a DJ there. And what I love is that when the sun sets around 10pm, it actually takes a really long time to set. So from 10 to 11 from that bar, you can see beautiful pastel colors just like sweeping over the city. So it's not exactly a secret or a hidden gem, but I definitely bring my friends there in the summertime. So there's that. Yeah, that's a good
3: insider tip for sure. Mm -hmm. Getting there in the summer.
4: (laughs) Yeah. And then overall, um, I noticed that a lot of people don't leave city center. This is from my social media where, you know, I talk a lot about Amsterdam. And people say, Oh, I don't like Amsterdam. And I was like, Well, what did you do? And they're like, Well, we went to the red light district. And we went shopping in Dam Square. And those are it's, I equate Dam Square to being like the Times Square of New York. It's very busy. It's very Mm -hmm. commercial. Um, and then red light district is all about partying. If you want to smoke, uh, there's the prostitutes there. If you want to go to bars and I would say a lot of college age kids hang out in that area. Um, I would just get out of city center and there's, there's so much more to discover. So, um, the pipe is a fun area with lots of bars and brunch spots and then Nord, which is the North of Amsterdam it's a little bit more industrial and there's breweries and cool restaurants mm. up there. And, and a lot of music festivals happen there as
1: well.
3: Yeah. Cause I think like historically um, you, you talk to people about like kind of traveling to Amsterdam and, and lots of people think of it as a kind of party city as a, as, as, you know, pot smoking and, and, and the red light district and so on. But I've definitely heard from quite a few people about the more relaxing kind of atmospheres around some of the neighborhoods in in, in Amsterdam. And, and what about that like kind of getting a bit further out of the city as well? Is there is there much to do in the kind of surrounding area and region?
4: Yeah. So if you want like a really Dutch experience, I think there is a small town nearby called Zandam. I actually have not hmm. personally been there myself, but my husband has brought my nephew before And you can go there and do cheese tasting and you can get your quintessential Dutch windmills photo. I think there's several windmills there. So I think that's only 20, 30 minutes away. Of course, if you come in April, then that's where the tulip fields are. So um, that's the best time to come for the tulip fields. I've been to the Kuchenhof Gardens a few years now. Uh, One time, I think two times I went too early it's, if it's cold that year, then the tulips won't bloom early. And then if it's hot, yeah. they bloom too fast. So, okay. to be safe, I would say last week of April is the best time to come for the
2: tulips. Good that, intel. That
3: That's is very, a really good, good, good tip.
2: Cool. So, Sarah, now if you're ready, we're going to do some quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. So, clear your mind. And the first thing that comes to your head are you ready? Mm hmm. So, if you had to choose your favourite place to eat in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. where would it be?
4: Bakers and Roasters is a really wonderful place for brunch.
2: <gasps> What's that? What What would you be having there for brunch?
4: Um, I really like the huevos rancheros, but they also have really good cakes um but they're mm. so big you kind of have to choose if you want to do a meal or if you want
2: to have cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, understood. Doughnut cakes lovely. That's
3: that's quite a difficult choice as well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> next up. Uh, so your favorite view of the city?
4: Uh, favorite view of the city is honestly like anywhere you can get to the fifth floor. <laughs> um a lot of <laughs> The buildings don't really go past too high, so anywhere you mm. can get to yeah. the fifth floor is great. The W Hotel has a great view, but like I said, at the Madam Sky Bar,
2: that's definitely mm. going to be the yeah. best view.
3: It is quite a flat city, isn't it? I kind mm-hmm. of remember the, the the buildings being pretty low yeah. nearly everywhere you go.
2: Fab. And then your next, next question, your favourite day activity in Amsterdam?
4: My favourite day activity, especially with a bunch of friends, is to rent your own boat. You don't need a licence here to rent your own boat oh. and to go on mm. the canals. So if it's nice out, uh, we'll just rent a boat, and definitely when I have friends visiting, and you can just drive it around yourself. Um, it's fairly easy; they don't go too fast. I think they go like uh, seven kilometers an an hour or something. Yeah. Very slow, mm. so it's very easy, and you can bring on food and drink, and That's yeah, me. it's like having a picnic on the boat. Perfect.
3: Awesome. And uh, this doesn't have to be alcoholic, or oh, it can be alcoholic if you want mm-hmm. one. Uh, but your favorite drink in Amsterdam.
4: Um, favorite drink? I I really like going. I'm a whiskey girl, so I really like going to Bar Oldenhof. Um, mm-hmm. It is like this more vintage style bar, and two brothers run it, and the hospitality is so great. And they have all different types of whiskey and cocktails there, and it's, it's cozy. <laughs> well, that's
3: that's uh, you survived the quick fire round. Well done, Sarah. That was great. And uh, next, we'll kind of move on to talking a little bit about the recent. Uh, past with uh, Amsterdam and the next couple Mm -hmm. of years as well home to great art an eclectic food scene and vibrant nightlife Amsterdam is packed with treasures but it's not all about the Rijksmuseum and centuries old canals beyond the well-trodden sites there's a secret side of the city and who better to guide you to it than the locals our new guide, Amsterdam Like a Local, is available from the 13th of January and is packed with recommendations from Amsterdamers in the know, helping you to discover all their favourite hangout spots and hidden haunts. Find the book in your local bookshop or check out the link in our episode bio.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
1: Let's get this dinner party started.
3: So now we're gonna to touch upon a little bit of the recent past, uh, with Amsterdam and the and the present too. So mm-hmm. how how has Amsterdam been during the during the pandemic really and uh and, and how is how's is the mood kind of looking like now?
4: Yeah, I was actually feeling pretty lucky that we're living here during the pandemic from You know, my reference point is always the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I find that people in the U.S. are really politicizing masks, vaccines, and everything. And I don't feel that as much here. And it feels more relaxed. So it's nice to be in a place that doesn't heighten everything almost. Mm. Unfortunately, as it goes with anywhere else, I think a lot of business were struggling. But Mm -hmm. um, I feel like places have bounced back pretty quickly. I'm not really sure. (laughs) I'm not an expert on that. But right now it kind of feels like everything's pretty much back to normal for the longest time. I mean, the music industry is so big here. So the music industry was definitely hurting the most because there was no festivals um, and the clubs weren't open and they finally opened up um, festivals and clubs and then they have to just close at midnight. And otherwise everything seems pretty back to normal, you know, with Mm -hmm. precautions, (laughs) with masks, with people getting vaccines.
2: And so how, have you got sort of foreign tourists coming in or, you know, is it just Amsterdam is out and about or have you got people from other cities and countries coming coming across? Oh, yeah. And- so
4: that made me remember. It was really nice for a while when in the beginning of the pandemic. There was no one in Dam Square and the Red Light <laughs> District. And that's actually a place where a lot of locals don't go. And it's unfortunate because visually it's one of the most beautiful places mm, mm. and it's the most yeah. historic. So that was really nice and also weird. There was just like nobody on the streets because it was mostly locals. But as I bike around and venture out more myself, I've been seeing a lot of tourists. Um, and as far as I can tell, I think they're mostly European.
2: Mm, mm. Mm
3: i was gonna ask what when when you were saying about like kind of mask wearing and stuff not being heightened and politicized Mm -hmm. do people just kind of do it is it like a kind of unsaid thing is there um, you know much heed paid to it or is it just that people are quite easy about it whether you wear one or not i
4: think that dutch people in general don't like being told what to do Um, (laughs) and so as you can see there's a lot of freedom here with many different industries um people actually have not been wearing masks unless they've been expressly told to by the government so the first day i think we're actually back on wearing masks now because the cases just went up recently
0: mm. but the first
4: day that we were told that we didn't have to wear masks pretty much everybody took them off um if you go inside a restaurant i started going back to restaurants a couple of months ago and nobody wears masks inside it's very different i went to new york recently and when you go inside, people wear a mask when they get up to go to the mm-hmm. bathroom. And then when they sit down, they take it off. So it's, and also they also do that in Belgium. I went to a hotel there. So even from one country away, um, I saw people in Belgium also wearing masks out on the streets. So even from one country away, it's, it's so different here. You don't really see people wearing masks out on the streets. Um, and as long as the government doesn't say that you don't have to wear a mask, people won't. So. Except on the tra- public transportation, that's definitely mandatory. Sure.
3: Yeah, inter- interesting. Yeah, I went to yeah. France recently, and that, and and as you, as you say, they were similar to Belgium. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. get up from a restaurant, you have to wear a mask. You can only yeah it when you're uh, take it off when you're sitting down. Um, mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting to hear that there's a bit of a different attitude in Amsterdam.
2: Sarah, I was going to ask, mm-hmm. um, if James and I were to come and visit mm-hmm. you, and we were to go for a nice mint tea somewhere, what would be the best time? Would you say? to visit Amsterdam sort of you know forget all the COVID yeah. stuff just generally when would be the best time to, for us to come across and visit
4: I think it depends on what you want to do but in general June July August is the best time because it's summer the sun sets so late you can go to that bar the sky bar and get a beautiful view of Amsterdam but if you want to experience something more cultural um I would come in the last week of April for the tulips but also uh, on April 20th, usually, is the king's birthday. It's Koningsdag, and the whole entire country is out partying. And it also turns into this, like, garage sale. Like, you're allowed to sell anything that you want on the street without a permit. <laughs> okay. You're even allowed to sell food on the street without a permit. You can sell whatever you want. Wow. Um, and so everyone is out on the street partying, and everyone's so happy, wearing orange, celebrating the king's birthday. And it's just really, really fun. Like. You would think that when so many people out are in the street partying that it could turn chaotic, but it's still very it's just like a big fun happy party and there's really no stress about it and people will set up like concerts throughout the streets as well. So that's a really fun cultural event
2: to experience. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I love your description of it being like a garage sale. I can totally see yeah. like, people just flogging their flogging their flats. Yeah. Please,
0: <laughs> have you
4: actually finished.
3: sold any sold any wares wares on it before? Um,
4: I've thought about it because I have so much stuff I want to sell. So I was like, <laughs> let's let's just set up outside. And my husband's like, I want to party. So you know, if I don't if I don't <laughs> have someone doing it with me, I don't I don't want to be out by myself. <laughs>
1: Fair yeah, enough.
3: yeah. That that, that uh <laughs> you know, it definitely sounds like you got your priorities right there. And um has, has that is that back on next year, I'm guessing, provided touch word, no um no further complications from COVID.
4: Yeah, and it was actually back on this
1: year.
3: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, great. Yeah, and and what is the kind of future looking like for Amsterdam? Are like kind of, as you said, like clubs are back open till 12, are kind of mm-hmm. festivals coming back? Are- yeah,
4: festivals. So there was Amsterdam dance event, which was one whole week in October that was back. And I think going forward, I'm not sure what's happening right now. Actually, the COVID cases went up drastically recently. Um, so I'm not sure what's happening. But I think that the goal is just to get everything back to normal as possible and understand I think that about 85% of the population now is vaccinated. Mm. So okay. um, I think that the government's doing a good job, as far as I can tell, with trying to balance um, people's health as along with the economy.
3: And are there any mm. kind of like particular things on your calendar that you're really looking forward to next year?
4: Yeah, I think uh, King's Day is always fun to be here, Koningsdag um i'm actually surprised i was looking forward to new year's they usually let anybody any citizen is allowed to buy these huge fireworks and set them off anywhere in the city so new year's kind of turns into this huge um (laughs) it's it's like mayhem but they actually (laughs) banned that this year but they still allow the sales of it so i think that's still going to happen um <laughs> yeah i
2: think so <laughs> oh but
4: actually they canceled it last year it's back on this year it's the amsterdam light festival and basically artists from all over the world set up these beautiful ginormous light um light installations all over the city mm. and there are several ways oh. to see them there's like a walking portion but then there's a bigger portion and it goes around the canal rings and so you can you can oh, bike yeah. around or you can go on a boat tour it costs like 20 euros and get a little more context about them. So I'm really excited for that because it was canceled last year.
3: That sounds amazing.
4: That sounds delightful. Mm -hmm. So that's I think usually um, in the beginning of December to the first week of January or maybe even the last week of November.
2: Nice. Mm -hmm. I have a final question Mm -hmm. for you, Sarah. Are you you kind of, Sort of do you feel settled in Amsterdam? Because you mentioned how much you loved Paris and France. Mm -hmm. Do you plan on would you like to live anywhere else in Europe or are you just quite happy being in Amsterdam, do you think? Yeah, when
4: I first moved here I thought that I was gonna move around more. Um but I usually go like pre pandemic I usually go to Paris one to two times a year. So I'm pretty happy with that. (laughs) Um yeah, you get yeah, your fit yeah, of yeah, Paris. Yeah, love yeah. You. yeah, I really love Amsterdam just because um for me it's more manageable, it's a small size, it's better for my health. Whereas Paris yeah. is quite large, and I almost see sure. myself it's definitely slower than New York, but I almost see myself having a similar lifestyle to New York just because it's so big and you need to travel a lot within it.
1: Sure. So I think yeah, sure.
4: this is the perfect city for me. It's- um I do think about in the future. Maybe I would love to retire in Spain or Portugal, a little bit someplace warmer. But I think that's yeah. further down the line.
3: I was, I was just going to ask uh, as well, like um, uh, you mentioned about like kind of Amsterdam being mostly English speaking and stuff. Have you have you found that's the reality or, is it, or have you managed to pick up a bit of Dutch as well?
4: Oh yeah. So I know enough Dutch where I pass my test so I can get um, residency here.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, but it is really hard to speak conversational Dutch Like I can read letters and I can, you know, order food at a restaurant, of course. Um, But in terms of speaking conversationally, it's really hard because everyone is so good at English here. Mm -hmm. So when you start to speak Dutch, that they just immediately switch to English. So um, it's both like, I guess, a blessing and a curse because it's really easy to live here for expats. I think there's 100,000 expats living in Amsterdam um, from all different countries all around Europe and everyone speaks English together. So that makes it easy to live here, but also hard to learn Dutch.
3: Yeah, I sure. think it's it's definitely got a vibe of like an international hub, hasn't it, where mm-hmm. um yeah, lots of expats come in and lots of English is spoken similar to Berlin, similar to Frankfurt mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. other cities too. Um well it was kind of fascinating going through Amsterdam with you. Uh it was a really stunning, kind of like brief trip around the city. Um, I think lots and lots of recommendations as well that we can definitely Pick back up on some
2: cool events that I I love the sound of the the lights mm-hmm. at the end of the year and into January. That's oh gorgeous. yeah yeah.
3: Don't know if there's any time to plan a trip now. These <laughs>
2: I know. I think I'm a bit. have left too late. <laughs>
3: but um, uh, but it was wonderful to to see your side of the uh, of the city, Sarah. And um, thank you so much for joining us today. So listeners can find out a little bit more about what Sarah's been up to by following you on Instagram. So that's at sarchatrit um so s-a-r to treat uh, c-h-e-t-r-i-t and i believe you've got a couple of different kind of blogs in the work. so if they go onto the about page of sarah to they should be able to find a bunch of your different activities is that right sarah
4: mm-hmm. yep yep i'm on tiktok as well i know that people love their videos lately. so i have a couple of <laughs> accounts on tiktok and you can follow, find it all on my website
3: yeah, definitely definitely head Ooh. there. But it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast, Sarah. Really, really enjoyable and uh yeah, have a fantastic rest of your day.
4: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
3: So a huge thank you to Sarah uh yes, for you, Sarah. for that journey through Amsterdam. I thought that was brilliant. Um
2: yeah, Lucy, did it take want- you back? It did and it's made me want to go back again and experience some of those events that are happening.
3: Yes, yeah, and a really good uh, good place to go for a new year as well. I realise yeah. this episode is going out at the start of January, so sorry, <laughs> listener, uh, but great maybe to plan for 2022, 23 new year. <laughs> um, it, was, it was fascinating to hear her kind of perspective on Amsterdam and um yeah and and it certainly hopefully it was certainly on my side like maybe inspire a few few future visits but um uh, listener you can join us next time where we will be going to another exciting destination as yet tbc we'll find out soon um uh in another fortnight but for now it's goodbye from me
2: and bye from me where To Go was produced by the team at DK Eyewitness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. For more information about DK Eyewitness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness.
3: And don't forget to please like, rate, review and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means so much to us.